You are listening to Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon, and today we have with us Corinne Green, who is the CEO and owner of HR Mom LLC. We're excited to have you with us. Corinne, how are you today? I'm well, Dr. Sarita. How are you? I'm doing great. So we always get started um, finding out more about who our guest is. So I'd like for you to share with our audience um, who you are, what you do, and how you are impacting the world. I am originally from Brooklyn, New York. I just call myself just a girl from Brooklyn. Um, and what I do primarily is work with small businesses and individuals around business policy documentation, uh, strategic planning around business design, as well as human resources management. So everything from how you manage your assets, training, recruitment, uh, talent acquisition, as well as ongoing, um, ongoing development and process improvement. Awesome, awesome. Now that is, you know, who you are as a business owner, but who are yeah. you the woman? <laughs> yeah, that, that takes a little bit more time. Um, so who am I the woman? I like to consider myself a piece of work in progress, I'm an artwork in progress. So I'm a mother, I have two daughters. Um, they are very near and dear to me. They are the driving force behind everything I do, every decision I make, every uh, personal, professional, uh, private, relational decision that I make. Um, I am a woman of God, a child of the, of the Most High, so I consider myself God's girl. Um, I've been graced to be able to live a life of, um, in pursuit of his, of Christ's love. So that's essentially who I am at the core. And I have a testimony I won't share because we don't have a lot of time, but I think that my testimony really allows for me to connect with people and um, people of all different um, life experiences and all different ages and ranges. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of who I am. Now, before we dive in a little bit more about your experience as an entrepreneur, um, I want you to actually tell us what HR mom means. <laughs> yeah. What it stands for. <laughs> so HR mom, human resources, um, managers on the move. So um, it is definitely a play on words. Uh, there is the idea of this idea of being a mom and being nurturing and supporting and caring and developmental um, as it relates to the business and the business operations. So many small business owners see themselves as, see their vision in their business as their baby. And this takes a lot of um, time, attention, um, patience, and all the skills that we need as a mother as well. So it is a play on words and an idea behind HR mom was really birthed from my experience as a mother and really realizing how intentional I have to be around that particular assignment. 
So um, as a business owner and all of my learned skill set, um, I realized that business owners have to be just as intentional with their baby, with their business. That's really good. That's really good. How did you actually get your business going, get it launched and off the ground? This is another part of the testimony, right? Because um, deep down in my heart, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, have my own business, but I didn't necessarily feel um, confident enough and ready to launch and start. Um, but I knew that I had a lot of knowledge and a lot of ideas. And what happened was, unfortunately, or fortunately, right, this is part of the journey, I was laid off from my corporate America job. Um, I had risen to um, risen through the ranks from being a corporate trainer to now being a manager organizational development and um it had gotten to the point where i had sort of outgrown the company and exhausted all options put a lot of programs and things in place and the company said hey we're deciding that we are going to phase out your role um, which was you know i I wasn't shocked because I had unfortunately suffered two layoffs prior to that, um, typically in human resources, training and development, which is where I got my start, um, typically will sometimes be cut and uh, outsourced. So I was suffering this layoff and my youngest daughter at the time was about one. Um, she had just turned um, one, um, one years old. My oldest daughter was about seven. And um, I remember being frustrated and thinking about when was I, you know, going to start my business and when was I going to get my chance. And the amount of time that I spent at home with them during that time, I got a lot of calls from friends who had small businesses, from um, previous colleagues who were still working in the industry. And they would ask me all these questions and want me to generate ideas for them and um, ask questions around process improvement and all these things. And I thought to my, one of my friends said to me, he said, I think you can start your, own, your business now. And I think you've already been doing it. Now you just need to launch. And it's been interesting um, that I, I, I sat and talked to my husband. I said, hey, I think I'm gonna start a consulting business. And you know, I have tons and tons of interested clients or potential partners. And um, I, I, just, I went through the entire process with incorporation and getting business licenses and all the fun startup pieces, all that uh, administrative work. And then I literally put out an email blast to my small circle of business owners. And within a month, I think I had seven clients. Mm. Um, seven paying clients, which was really, <laughs> um, which really said, "Oh wow, you have a business." And um, you know, for a small business to commit to, and we won't get into my fees and costs for services, but you know, to commit their monies, their hard-earned monies, to a service like mine, said that there was some sort of value that they had, and that mm -hmm. they actually needed my services. Um, which made me work a lot more harder to make sure that that can happen for them. Um, so starting the business was a bit of a challenge because uh, the hardest part was that when I started my business, my husband had just left his full-time job as well and mm -hmm. went into real estate investment full-time. So this was in July of 2016 and I um, was laid off in October of 2016. So um, 
it was like this, we were in uncharted territory, right? Mm -hmm. Both of us were entrepreneurs. We both were dependent on those monies to, to operate our household. We had two daughters in private school, private independent school. Um, so we had, you know, mortgage and car payment and, you know, this lifestyle that we needed to maintain. And here was this opportunity for both of us to start our business. Um, so I started the business. Um, I spent the rest of 2016 sort of doing all the developmental and a fully launched in February of 2017. And by March, I had seven clients. Hmm. Um, so I want to backtrack to something you said earlier. Um, you know, you sent this email out to your circle, let them know what you were doing. And out of that, you got these seven paying clients and it spoke to the fact that they found value in what you were offering. What I want our listeners to pull from that, um, it's really two things. One is putting it out there, <laughs> you know, what you're doing. Um, not Yes, there's value in like, you know, running Facebook ads and Instagram ads and marketing and promotion. But one of the easiest things you can do, but for some reason we find it so difficult, is to actually let the people in your network know what you are doing um, they may be your clients, they may not, but they certainly know other people who could potentially be your clients. And then the second part of that that I want our listeners to get is that when you put something out there, the test is will other people pay money for it? For it, yeah. Because your, your idea may be great. And it may be something that people need, but do they recognize the need for it? Do they, is it a desire for them? Um, is it solving a problem? And is it a big enough thing that they're actually willing to pull their card out, mm-hmm. pay you or somebody else for it? And if not, then, you know, you may need to rethink what you're doing. It yeah. may be in how you position your service. Um, it may be in your price point, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're pricing too high. You could actually be pricing too low, and people think it must not be worth anything. Um, but if people are not willing to pay, you have to go back and rethink what you're doing mm-hmm. because it's a value exchange. So you have to be providing value for someone to be willing to take money out of their pocket, personal or mm-hmm. business, <laughs> to invest mm-hmm. in themselves through whatever it is you're you're offering so that's that's a really good lesson and i like to add to that um you mentioned your network and for me it was one of those things i was always a firm believer in your network determines your net worth right Mm -hmm. and sometimes um as a woman of color it's very difficult to reach out to your network and other um individuals and i found that many of my net the people that were in my network were also entrepreneurs and business owners and they also themselves have an extended network right mm-hmm. so just that start out with being able to take that step and of course my friends were like oh this is great we support you we're gonna pay you know but mm-hmm. then it was like when we reached when i reached that level of their their next level it was like okay i'm not only are they selling me i'm also selling me in selling my um, business and and my services and they that second tier was also willing to 
you know, pay the services. And I work on a retainer base. So it's not like a one-time service. Most of my clients are with me the long term because again, we're doing some foundational, some um, um, process and policy improvement. So it's, a, it's stages, it takes some time. So that time frame, you know, I'm working with my clients six, nine, 12, 18 months. So in that, in that idea, that model of being able to have someone consistently commit to the value of your service and actually see the changes makes it all worth it. Um, so my network was extremely um, important and I had built a pretty extensive one, um, but also really uh, focusing on, you know, that initial support that I needed from my immediate network um, mm -hmm. really pushed me into you know, then I went with a website because I, I mean, at that point, I was like, I'll just keep it small. But mm -hmm. then I had this whole idea of you start small, you finish big. So I couldn't just keep it small because then I wouldn't be teaching and um, showing the very thing I teach my clients. You know, I worked with very large businesses and the idea that I use is to take those large business practices and scale them to your business operation size so that when you are ready for that mid-sized move or that large-sized organizational move that you've already implemented best practices. You know, you've moved from that mom and pop mentality that now you can compete with the big, big box, big box, a big department or big business of the world. Um, so we, we do all of that, you know, with your two, three, five, ten 10 employees mm -hmm. um, so that when you are growing and you're growing your services and you're changing, that you can change um, with the time. Hmm. Okay. Now, what challenges did you face along the way? <laughs> that was 2016 uh, and we're in 2020 now. So I, I know you've been through some things. <laughs> the challenge, the challenge, the challenge. Um, so I will be honest in saying my biggest challenge was 28, the end of 2018. Um, and looking into after my first year of business and really trying to decide what happened the next year. Um, I had secured great contracts. Um, I had seven to 10 clients. We had, um, at one point in time, I had two full-time consultants and part-time administrative support. Um, and also a social media person. So I was operating a team of about six. And um, at the end of 2018, I was, I was at the point where um, some of my bigger contracts were coming to an end. And I was thinking, what's going to happen in 2019? And I let my fear get the best of me mm -hmm. um, in that I was so concerned about um, consistent income coming in and my business being dependent on that income that I made a decision to close my business down and search for a full-time job. Now I had already been out of the workforce since October 2016. So I had been out of the workforce almost three years um, or two and a half years and was solely focused on my business operations. And I'm also, I'm also an adjunct professor of communication. So I was also teaching at several colleges and universities. And I remember praying and asking God to show me what I needed to do. Um, and I remember the answer and I can still feel it to this day. And he, it was like, keep pushing, keep open, stay open. 
and um, I did not do that. Um, I closed. I closed the business and I applied for jobs. I applied for over three hundred jobs. I got no callbacks mm. in a year. And I knew something. <laughs> right. I knew that was. I at first I was like, "Is it me?" You know, I had you know over 10, 15 years of experience. You know, I worked in big business, nonprofit. I was at the manager level. Um, the one position I was sitting in the C level suite. So I, I'm like, I know, I, I know my work and I know my worth. And I was like, I'm just not getting callbacks. And here I am, you know, my resume, I write good resumes and everything. And um, I, I just said, I said to my husband, I was like, I need to open a business back up. I decided that I would relaunch again in February of 2020. Um, and I, I took that year in 2019. I closed February 2019, February 1st, 2019. And by October, I was still not getting job offers. And I then said, you know, I'm going to um, reopen the business. I'm going to take this rest of this year out and, um, and I'm going to relaunch in 2020. That was nothing but God because I literally sent out an email February 1st and within a month, I was back up to 10 paying clients. I know that was a long answer to the question in terms <laughs> of my, the challenge, but it was that challenge of this is my business. How do I rely on it to provide income? And me getting fearful and afraid and um, closing my business down in that year and, um, and not trusting the process, right? And not trusting the very God that I said, you know, that I believe would always provide for me. Um, and so I relaunched and I said, you know, when that next challenge comes and I'm like, okay, what do I do for this? You know, we, 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 have, to, we have to figure it out. It isn't an option to close or run away anymore. And it, it has been a challenge because like I said earlier, both my husband and I are both small business owners. Um, which means we don't work for anybody, which means we don't get benefits, right? So we have to pay. We are a small business. Um, we are a small company. We had to go to Blue Cross and Blue Shield and buy medical insurance. That's a lot for a family of four. Our medical insurance is more than our mortgage. Um, and we have to figure out how to pay that each month with our businesses and the operations that we have. So, um, it, 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 it's, it's a constant challenge in the world entrepreneurship, but um, we both, um, I and I'll say me, you know, see the value in the work that we're doing. And it's very fulfilling. Because, you know, I, I work with women who do purpose aligned work. You know, they are not just in business to be in business. They're, they are doing work that they feel they were called to do. But what I found is that a lot of times People think that that type of work has to be like this big, all-encompassing thing. <laughs> and that if it's not, it's, you know, almost like it's not valuable or it's not worthy. Um, but so I think I, I'd like for you to speak to how, like you're doing human resource work, right? Mm -hmm. But this is something that you were called to do. Like, this is something that God purposed for you to do, even though it's in this realm, you know, people see the necessity of human resource, but not necessarily the impact of it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that, 
even in you working in your purpose in this, you know, quote unquote, administrative kind of <laughs> role versus, you know, being a speaker on a stage in front of 10,000 people or selling, you know, 100,000 books. Like that's like people are looking for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it doesn't always come out that way. Like that's not mm -hmm. always what God has called people to do. So if you can talk about um, just a little bit about even how you came to accept, you know, like, yeah, this is, oh, yeah. this is what I'm supposed to be, to be doing and it's purposeful. Um, so I came to accept this and realize this calling was purposeful when I get calls from, so let me let me just backtrack because I think one of the things that makes my service and makes how we operate a little different is that we always look for authenticity, right? So we are always, you know, we, I'm not, I don't, I don't classify my business as a faith-based organization, mm -hmm. but we do have um, very deep-rooted Christian values, right? So when we are working with a client. Um, we're talking about their their vision, their business vision, what their company culture is like, what they want their company to be known for. And I'm tapping into that very place that they themselves want to be able to display what their business is about. So, you know, um, and then when we are looking for services or looking for um, talent to add to their team, we're looking for that in them. And I think one of the things that makes it such a value for me is or uh, so nice for me is when I can place someone with a, a company and they say oh wow I see myself in them um, or I've seen I see um, how my business is going to be able to help them progress um, we do a lot of placement of returning citizens right and here are these individuals that society may say are not eligible um, not eligible um, to work or, you know, they don't have these skill set, but to really be able to sit down a, re re a returning citizen and say, what are your skills? What do you like to do? What are you good at? What did you learn um, while you were, you know, in prison? Um, and for them to be able to articulate that on a resume and then sit in an interview and say, yes, I've been incarcerated, but here's what I learned while I was incarcerated. I learned time management. I've learned how to um, how to um, process and see things differently. Um, and this is how we'll bring that to your, your company. I've learned patience. So we always say we hire for character, we train for skill. So now I have these employees, I have these employers that are willing to say, I'm like, hey, I hired you a person of good character. We can train them. You want them to be a customer service rep. You want them to be a dishwasher um, we do a lot of entry level. You want them to be a driver. Um, you want them to be X, Y, and Z. But first, you have to see the person and you have to believe in them. And then you take that skill and you develop on their character and their skill. And then this is how we get um, folks that are like, well, you took a chance on me when I put in 300 resumes, right? And of course, I'm going to stay with this business because they saw me. They took a chance on me. Um, so that value that I, I see myself bringing and being able to 
to um, articulate is being able to show the business owner themselves in their business operation and then being able to show those who join that business operation themselves in that operation as well. Um, and that's only something you can do if you're authentic. Now, don't get me wrong, we're in the world of HR. So I know my compliance rules, right? Mm -hmm. What you can and cannot ask and how you can make decisions. So we, we, we um, are compliant with that as well. But we also are looking for that unique opportunity to be an authentic person in your business um, and in your work. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in who you are at home is the same person you are at work, you know, um, in your profession. And that shows. Um, so we do that with honesty, integrity, authenticity. And um, I think that it is, it is what sets us aside. And it is what part of the value that, the, um, that our partners, our clients see. All right. Now, um, you have a gift or something special that you want to offer to our listeners? Yes, we um, have a gift. I'm in the I'm always in the spirit of um, giving. But we have on our website, a lot of times individuals, business owners don't know what HR is, you know, they automatically think hiring and um, firing. And it's like, you know, HR is the principal's office. Don't get summoned to the principal office, right? Um, but we have our free HR audit, which you can complete online. This will ask you a series of questions about your business operations in different areas of HR, everything from succession planning, what's going to happen to me and my business when I leave? What if one a key person leaves? What happens? That's succession. Um, recruitment and training, obviously. Um, process improvement, um, system and designs, and then um, professional um, development as well as um, performance management. Um, so these are all terms that are HR related terms, but our HR audit, which you can find online, um, there's a short link. Um, it is a bit.lily link. So it's bit.ly forward slash HR mom audit. So bit.ly forward slash HR mom audit, all one word. Um, that will take you directly to the free HR audit. Complete it, answer the questions honestly about your business operations. And one of our consultants will reach out to you to determine if um, you're a business that we would be able to partner with or how, you might, how we might be able to support you in your HR functions. Um, you can also peruse our website as HR mom llc.com um, and you can also find information there as well about some of our services and what we do okay great and we'll be sure to include that link in the show notes for those of you who want to take advantage of that now if someone maybe they're not ready to do the audit um, or they just you know want to learn more about what you do where can they find you online so they can find us online at www.hrmomllc.com you can also follow us on all social media outlets. Um, Facebook, we're HR Mom LLC. And for, um, we do have Instagram and Twitter, we're at HR Mom, the number four and the letter U. So HR Mom for you um, on Facebook and um, on Twitter and Instagram. Well, it has been just fantastic talking to you um, about your experience and your business. Um, and I just, I love the fact that we were able to just kind of touch on 
this idea that, you know, operating in your purpose isn't always putting you on this platform out in the world yeah. for everybody <laughs> to see, right. but it does not take away from the impact that you can have on individual people and then the communities in which those individual people live and serve. <laughs> so absolutely. That absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at sharitaweatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.